This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Have you ever stopped to wonder what exactly success means to you? Is it money, fame, power, all of the above or none at all? I'm Dashran Johan and this is Redefining Success, a show where we speak to passionate people from various fields about their lives, what makes them tick and what the word success means to them. Joining me on the show today is an activist. He's the executive director of Swaram, Seven Dore Sami. Welcome to the show, Seven. How are you doing? Hi, Dashran. Thank you for having me. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good as well. I'm, I'm very excited to get your perspective on Success 7 because the last time I had you on the show, it was good things. Um, we spoke about your personal journey in activism. Uh, we even talked about your encounters with the police, the protests you have uh, you've organized and participated in throughout the years. But today I want to talk to you about activism as a sort of a career and your perspective on success. How do you define Success 7? What does that word mean to you? Yeah, that's that's a good question and tough one as well. Because, you know, we grew up and people defining success in a, in a way, mainly in a monotonous way, mm-hmm. uh, when they decide success is always based on your studies, your career, uh, for some people, their business, uh, their position, right? And, and mainly yep. in a corporate or even in a government sector, right? Their position and where are they? And all this. So this is um, kind of like people feed you even in school, in a family circle, they feed you. This is how success is look like. You know, once you finish your studies, this is you have to be someone very successful. And this is how they define the success. Right. But once you grow, then sometimes the definition changes uh, depends on what you are doing. And generally, people will be defined the success once you are in the took the career path uh, more towards the material side of life, right? Your wealth, your cars, your houses, your position, all this. So that's a general view. I'm not saying that's uh, incorrect or that's not a right or wrong to it. And it also depends on uh, someone's uh, objective in their life. So when the objective uh, is different, then the definition of uh, success is also differs. For me, success is about, like, for example, in an activism circle, usually you push for some policy changes or even uh, law changes. If, uh, and if you got that uh, change, uh, sometimes it takes years. But after some years of work and, like, for example, um, Swaram's one of the biggest successes is um, to abolish ISA, the Internal Security Act, right? So it was enacted in 1960s, but the fight started during the time and uh, it goes on. And every 10 years, there will be some uh, uh, operation uh, that many people will be arrested for their political differences uh, under the Internal Security Act. Uh, but, uh, the And then Swaram was born in uh, 89 after the 87 infamous Oprasi Lalang by Mahate. So people came together, mainly family members. So their objective at that point of time is clearly to uh, do a public campaign and awareness on um, uh, why ISA need to be abolished. And fast forward in 2000, uh, 2012, ISA was abolished. So it's a long journey, but it's a huge success. So for me, as an activist, these are the things that give a meaningful understanding of success is. 
not only if it was abolished, but for a certain extent, the success comes when people start to understand and keep people to echoing your uh, sentiment towards these uh, draconian laws. So that's already a big success, uh, right? When you're able to make people understand certain thing right. and then join hand with you, that's another level of success. And then together we manage to abolish. That's a huge, that's a big success. So, yeah, so for me, that's what um, uh, uh, a different way of defining success is. Right. So would you say that for you, right, Seven, um, when it comes to success, right, it's not so much about your individual triumphs or what you are doing or accomplishing personally, rather it is something about moving society in a, in a more progressive direction and, and when small um, triumphs, like you say, it could be something huge like abolish the ISA or just getting people to understand or, or getting people to broaden their minds, look look at things differently. Uh, are, do you sort of measure your success based on community progress? Yes, exactly. Recently, I was talking to a friend uh, about uh, some issues and all that. And then, uh, you know, the, the way uh, he looked at me and the way I look at him, it's also... Uh, a, uh, different ways, right? He look at life and success is based on his. Um, um, he said, "Once I settle my housing loan, that's a huge success for me because it right. takes so many years." Uh, yeah, but then uh, I and and then he reflected on my uh, growth and said, "Look at you, bro. You know, if you look <laughs> back, all your activism is a huge success. That's defining you. For me, nothing much to define except for I have some assets. That's it." just so we can get a little bit of context for people who are listening to your journey for the first time, why did you decide to become an activist? Um, okay, I, I can't remember when I decided to become an activist, but it's, right. it's, a, it's a process. It's a process. Mm. Uh, when we grow up, I've shared this uh, with you, we are not uh, from a big family. We are a small family, a bit uh, underprivileged or uh, poor uh, background mm-hmm. all this. Uh, but again, my mother likes to help people within uh, a very small way, within the limited resources that we have. She always, um, you know, like to share things, you know, uh, somebody even poorer come to her, uh, our house and uh, wanted to eat and all that. I have seen my mother, how uh, she can help within so limited resources. So that's give a lot of impact to me. And during the during my grow, I sometimes depends on other people's help like for example free tuitions you know right. uh, my uh, SPM you can't afford to pay tuition so there are good people good university student gave and give a free tuition so all these when you put together my initial idea is when I became success at that point of time you know the, the, the material success uh, go to university and then you succeed in your career I'm, I, I wanted to help other people but right. when I joined university I had this opportunity uh, to join a group uh, called uh, JKMI and then mm-hmm. uh, the main objective of this group is go to the estates and give a free tuition to the poor students there so I started during my uni time uh, beside all this uh, technicality of this uh, the group is a bit uh, confrontational and all this um, uh, cosmetic issue the core issue here is helping the poor student so that's right. really impressed me so that's how it slowly evolved the idea of helping others and then uh, the next level will be you know with uh, resources uh, you'll be more welfareistic 
to help other people. But then it's extended. And then the, so the greater explanation for helping for me, helping people is uh, not only make them understand their rights, but also fight for their rights. So that's expansion from uh, helping others individually. And then you form a group and then do more welfareistic work. And then you extend it to become uh, why they are in this situation. For example, people don't have house, but they will be promised houses for the, especially in the plantation workers. Right. So this is the exposure I get. And then, so this is the extended version of helping people, activism. So right. you, you, you talk to them, you make them understand their rights and then get them involved in fighting for their rights. So hence, activism became my choice. Right. Now, Seven, I, I'm very curious. How do you strike that balance between... Because your idea of success is very tied to community. But you, you still need materials um, for your own personal... You know, you need to sustain yourself uh, and so on and so forth. How do you strike that balance between, you know, yes, your idea of success is about helping people, community growth, pushing the community in, in a particular direction, a more progressive direction and all of that versus, um, you know, I need to make money, I need to pay the bills, I need to, you know, um, ensure that my children, for example, or your family members, um, they can pay the bills, they can go to school and, and so on and so forth. It's, it's also very tough. It's not that easy to strike a right. balance uh, when mm-hmm. you choose a career as an activist. But at the same time, you don't abandon all this because your family depends on you for a certain extent. And then uh, you have to have in a house, you know, car and then your kids need to go to school and all that um you can strike a balance always it's it's, it's your choice right mm-hmm. uh in activism uh when i started uh, thanks to people from uh, community development center there's a uh, an ngo and mm-hmm. also uh, uh, good people from psm um, um they helped us to settle down to strike a balance uh in in this circle uh, and another part is also when you work in the NGOs. So the activists mostly work in NGOs or civil society organization. So there is a, a career within the civil society, but you don't make up a career out of it, but it's like paid job, right? You are right. part of, uh, like uh, I joined Swaram uh, as an ED, you are paid. So that's right. how you strike your balance within the material need uh, as well as um uh, confined to the definition of success, as you said earlier, right? right. Uh, when you have, uh, when you choose a moderate life, right? So you don't have like a big uh, dream to have like a big house or, or uh, cars and all that material or assets, right? So you, you again, it's your choice how you want to do, keep it moderate or you want to do like uh, grow uh, larger, uh, right. If you wanted to like keep it moderate, then you can strike a balance. Uh, but the other difficult part is how you make others understand this way. So it's that's a very difficult part. But sometimes, after sometimes, <laughs> people around you who they said, "Yeah, lah, ni tabuli tu, no, cannot change lah, tabuli tu already like that." Uh, and then they slowly understand. Once they understand uh, whether they are agreeable or not, but the support comes within your family members or your friends circle uh, like for example my batchmate you know always like to compare and uh, define success in uh, different ways right and mm-hmm. to a certain extent after sometimes they understand and then uh, they look uh, high on you um, and and some of uh, my close friend they will say 
oh, we all can talk and talk and talk about uh, our dissatisfaction of the country, of the political leaders, of what is the direction the country is moving to. But these are the people who go to the ground and fight for it, fight for us. You know, so that Absolutely. kind of uh, uh, appreciation always comes. So that's keep me going and at end of the day, I feel, okay, I'm kind of striking the balance there. You talked about how, you know, your journey in activism began. At which point in your life did you realize that, huh, actually, I can, this can be the actual part that I, you know, like sort of focus on full time. I can, I can make this a career. Activism can be a career. Uh, during my final year, mm. you know, once the exam is done, then you need to find for a job, right? So this is like after math of this uh, 1997 uh, financial crisis. Yes. So the job market was really <laughs> tough at that point of time. So uh, after my final exam, actually the fun fact here is I went to Swaram for a job interview. Right. And I didn't succeed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Dashran, to, to yes. tell you the truth, uh, one area that I couldn't uh, score was uh, handling with police or have you have an experience handling with police or confrontation with uh, police on the human rights issue which uh, at that point of time I don't have much experience except for one or two so that's where I fail and did not get the job so a bit (laughs) frustrated because there are some NGOs uh, have the career path Uh, so I think at that point of time I already decided uh, uh, to to, to be an activist but then uh, doesn't work um, easily for me at that point of time. So I have to go back to my hometown, Johor Bahru, and find a job immediately because there was some debt I need to pay back. And I worked in Singapore as an operator, as a right. manufacturing operator for some time. And after that, I settled my uh, debt, but I my mind was not settling down. Right. Uh, it's keep on saying that uh, some uh, thing that you have learned in the activism, I wanted to go back. Then I got that opportunity, come back uh, in Kuala Lumpur. Uh, and uh, we started uh, radio, uh, online radio. At that point of time, uh, the online radio was very new. Online mm-hmm. uh, platform was new. Uh, and then we had a Malaysia kidney at that point of time. And we started a, a radio called radicradio.com. It's an uh, online radio and then I was a journalist with the, with, with Radic Radio, one of the founding members, and also was a journalist for two and a half years. So while covering the news, so that's my job, paid job, right? But mm-hmm. also actively involved in activism. Uh, the first three years uh, when I was in the Community Development Center uh, and PSM was taking up this um, uh, housing issue of uh, Bremer Estate. So I joined them and then uh, my first uh, task will be coordinating the Bremer estate. So they've been already fighting for housing rights for seven years before that and then I joined the last three years and we succeed and the first uh, estate to get free housing uh, for the people. So that's empowered me a lot and uh, I still call myself, that's where I graduated, not from UKM. UKM, the paper, the, the degree that right. I graduated, but in terms of uh, activism, I graduate when the Bremer people successfully got their housing uh, for free. So I think that have put together uh, a strong uh, call in my own mind. Uh, this is what I wanted to do. So after that, uh, I joined Center for Independent Journalism uh, and then start my uh, activism, continue my activism in that. So that's where I, I think I decide to, to, to be 
to choose the career uh, as an activist. When you join, let's say if you want to join any other corporate sector, right? Uh, like some some uh, sectors, they will do background check and all, and then they'll be like, "Oh, you've you've you know had tussles with the police, you've had investigations, or you've been arrested, things and like." Okay, I don't want to hire you. Maybe this this person's a troublemaker. Have you thought about how interesting it is that that when you went for Swaram for the interview, it was like the opposite. It's like, "Oh, you don't have experience with the police, then you don't get the job." Have you thought about that? It's very interesting, Dasran. You know what? Uh, after the success of Bremer, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of skills you you develop, right? You you learn uh, like from Arul or Selvam, Dr. Nasi, you learn negotiation with the developer, the way you negotiate with the police and all that. So that's another skill. I am, um, uh, for my surprise, the the developer of that Bremer estate after the success. Uh, event uh, after the houses uh, was given he actually uh, offered me a job he said oh you are uh, still fresh uh, three years you wanted to join because uh, i don't know what skill he saw probably the way we negotiated and uh, made the whole process a success uh, but i said uh, thank you very much uh, you know yeah so that's corporate right so he did offer that so i was like surprised uh, i mean in and you also can define that as so you try to buy over one area one one thing you can define that way but uh, when i asked why and all that he shared, he shared this old man said doctor he said no uh, we see the, the enthusiasm and also the way the, the negotiation and all that the skills right so he said that can be an added advantage so it just depends uh, depends the corporate, uh, what kind of skill they are looking at, right? It's all basically business and all that, right? During the activism time, there's also some other friends who have linked. They also uh, propose you, you wanted to go work here and all these offers. It, it comes sometimes. So not as a totally, no way you are an activist, you have to be confronted with it. But once you go there, then you have to comply with their uh, rules and regulations. That's where your activeness will be very much limited. So I don't want to go into that. I don't want to like uh, trap into that. On the show with me today is Seven Dore Sami, Executive Director of Swaram. After the break, I ask him about the joys and challenges of being an activist in Malaysia. Keep it here on Redefining Success, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Redefining Success. I'm Darshan Johan and on the show with me today is Seven Dore Sami, Executive Director of Swaram. So Seven, what is it that drives you to keep doing what you're doing? You know, because like you said, um, for you, success is about community growth and, and all of this. Why are you so passionate about this? Probably the nature of me... Uh good to see if you have helped someone and then uh, they appreciate that so this uh, is kind of like uh, you know drug right okay when you see other people right. happy, you feel happy you know um, recently like um, uh, one of the guy who was arrested for a few reasons and then he challenged them uh, during the arrest uh, uh, I was with the family member fight for their rights and all that and then we fought and then he was released and after that he challenged all the cases and he succeeded he managed to throw out all the cases and then the la after the last case was thrown then he I, um, it came out in the newspaper and so i forwarded that to him he said oh bro without you i don't think we would have succeed this i mean due to swaram and swaram's uh, right. all that 
So this kind of a small, small success, when the people feel happy and then they give feedback to you, I think that motivate you a lot. Yeah, to see people happy and the case is close. For me, it's, it's always when um, some changes comes uh, with all the fight, it's also motivate me. I think that's what keeping me going. Were there points, uh, because you've been doing this for, for decades now, um, since you started doing this, were there points where you felt like this part isn't going to work out, that you need to quit, you probably need to switch to a corporate job and, and things like that? Were there points where you had those thoughts running through your mind? If I re- can recall, probably mm-hmm. there are one or two incidents, uh, but the biggest one is uh, 2020, when right. the Pakatan falls and then during MCO. And uh, the, the reason is not that uh, we wanted to see a lot of changes. We are expecting a lot of changes comes from Pakatan Harapan. It's not that. Uh, we know they were very slow and all that. But the thing is, um, we got our independence 57. We only had first time government change in 2018. So right. we all kind of like a part of this reformacy movement uh, where the greater push for change of government uh, was at the peak during this reformacy uh, movement. I'm not very sure in the 60s or 70s much, but the generation, you know, the 90s and the reformacy. Uh, but it was uh, not that easy to see uh, the people wanted to change the government. And it's also because of our own history, right? So how many years, 20, until 2018, we've been uh, voting for the same government, but because of this Bersay movement and all this uh, combination of many factors, uh, including uh, the opposition and people decided to change the government. So 2018, after the change, you feel like euphoria, right? Oh, if people can change the government. We can change the government if people decide to are done right. with the current government. So that's, uh, you, you, you feel uh, this is a huge success. And then after that, it collapsed within one and a half years. Mm-hmm. So once it's collapsed, we have this uh, current government, we call it backdoor government and all that. But at that point of time, we had this uh, COVID-19 and then you can't even do the usual activism you do when things go wrong, right? right. I always put up in my uh, social media uh, uh, notes that when going get tough, the tough go to street. So during right. the MCO and after fall of Pakatan, <laughs> we had a backdoor government with all these frogs coming in and you can't even go to the street. So that was really tough. And kind of like within the activists, uh, at that point of time, at one point, uh, February, March, April, that point of time, we kind of like, oh dear, we had, mm. we had this government suddenly fall because uh, for a certain extent, Pakatan Harapan uh, government, they start to appreciate the work of civil society uh, they also engaged us a lot. And then for all this while, you were, you were not really taken serious by the government of the day. So not so much of engagement. Then change of government. Then so they formed this uh, institutional reform committee. We have a few meetings. The record of Swaram, annual records that was taken. And then they look one by one, the cases that we put forward. And then there's so much of engagement, so much of, um, although they were super slow in certain area, like uh, abolishing uh, uh, Sedition Act and all that. Uh, uh, so, but you, you you see some progress after that. And then suddenly it's, it stopped. And when it stopped, 
usually what you do you express your dissatisfaction openly go to the street protest and all that and all that but then uh, mco was imposed you can't do anything so that point of time was like really in a deep thought but uh, it's a very uh, mixed thoughts not re- only uh, switch job ke or, or or what but it's give a lot of reflection so what have what have i've done for past 20 years this was my life and suddenly you know uh, right it's hitting the wall yeah so that was a bit uh, tough right. at that point of time during mco i also like very confused very uh, i don't know what to do and sometimes it it took some time after that okay if you define change of government is the only success then that's it that's the end road but if you define this is part of the process and you keep on going keep harder you know right yeah so that's somehow uh, pull me back to the path again what does it take seven to make activism a, a career in malaysia what 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 what's the mindset that you need to have the kind of determination did you have did you need to have what do you, do you need to be willing to sacrifice a lot Uh, sacrifice yes uh, you you have to sacrifice especially your time mm. uh, right uh, so the career uh, in, in in malaysia like other countries uh, some other countries you have the civil society organizations um, uh, you have to uh, with the limited resources you have to settle down with uh, um, below the market part of your salary and all that so that's like uh, already some certain extent of sacrifice Uh, but then you also have to spend a lot of your time uh, for the fight for human rights, to promote human rights, make people understand, to push the government. Your one side is advocacy, one side is the campaign. Uh, you wouldn't know whether the change comes uh, when, but you have to continue doing this. So there's a lot of uh, time you need to spend. So that's where you sometimes uh, don't have enough time for the families or your friends. Uh, and uh, you know your gatherings like batchmates and all this right so there's there's a certain level of uh, sacrifice uh, but i don't want to sound uh, desperate uh, saying that choosing a human rights career you need to do a lot of sacrifice no you can right. strike a balance actually and uh, like other countries in malaysia's uh, activism career you have so many csos here and uh, but the thing is some people continue to work with that um, uh, environment for longer years some people comes here two or three years and then they may jump and uh, and um, uh, even if i take swaram's ex- experience and example there's so many of them now become uh, those who were with swaram become a politician member of parliament Uh, the one interviewed me in 1999 was Ellie Wong. She's the state executive uh, member in uh, in in Selangor, right? Sivarasa is MP. Right. So <laughs> yeah. So, so this can be like early stage of your career, and you wanted to move further to become a member of parliament or policymakers and all this. Right. So paint paint a day in the life of an activist. What does your day? Because you know. There, there are a lot other jobs where it is very straightforward. Uh, you need to come to the office this time, and then go back this time, and then that's your shift is done. For example, but activists, it's it's you know like I've seen you in front of police station at two o'clock in the morning <laughs> and things like that. You know, it, it it's very different from day to day. So talk to me about paint a day in the life of an activist. What does your busiest day look like? 
Okay, the the usual days is basically you go to office, you meet your um, uh, colleagues, and you plan for the campaigns, you plan for advocacy and all that. Sometimes uh, the busiest day, like for example, if you plan for a protest, like uh, last Saturday we had a, a protest at Sogo. So usually you will have a meeting, and then after the meeting you divide the job task and all that. And then on the day itself, uh, if it, it depends on the time, uh after the plannings and then you communicate and then depends on your role uh, usually as you said my role now in the protest because of this experience and the skill uh, more towards the negotiating with the police right. by time for the protest so what you do is you go there and recce the place you go early recce the place give some early report whether how many police there and all that and then uh, assess the risk uh, and then, uh, and then slowly people start to come uh, for the protest. Uh, and then there will be a speech, a chanting, right? And mm-hmm. then after that, you then the police will approach you and try to negotiate with them whether you wanted to continue that with the march. If march is not allowed, then you negotiate with the time. Uh, can we have a little bit more? Although. Uh, the the public uh, peaceful assembly uh, is guaranteed by the federal constitution and also law. We have a law, much better law now, allowing people to gather uh, peacefully. Right. And, and then the protest goes on. Uh, after that, we will be very tired. You do a little bit of a post-mortem immediately or after that. And then the next day, definitely going to be summoned by the police. They will send the 111 statement to ask you to come to the police station to give your statement. So that's the <laughs> usual uh, protest day, like a day before and a day after, and also during the protest. So this is only one example. But in most of the days, um, it's, uh, it's not like the ordinary uh, paid job, you know, go nine to five and then come back. You have a lot of exciting uh, thing. Uh, some other days you got a chance to meet. Uh, you uh, you attend um, meetings outside Malaysia. You got a chance to share your experience with other activists. Uh, so you go out and all this. Uh, yeah, so that's a little bit on how a busiest day uh, in an activist life uh, would be. How do you contend with this this sort of um, idea where, and again, as long as you're doing an honest living, that's fine. But you believe in a world where if let's say you say you want to study to become an accountant and you want to uh, become like this tax tax uh, accountant and you're going to help corporations and all do their taxes and all of that, people will be like, oh yeah, good, you, you know, smart, you know, my son is smart, he's going to be an, do this and that and but then when you say you want to become an activist, then you've got aunties, uncles, grandmothers, grandfathers, friends all saying, why are you so stupid? Why this? Why that? And, and why are you making these kind of uh, stupid decisions? Why you want to waste your time? Uh, you have so much potential. You're going to waste your potential doing all these things. Do you think about how we as a society think about careers, think about where if you're doing something to help the community, people say, why are you so stupid? But if you're helping corporations to help evade their taxes, legally, of course, I'm, I'm not talking about people are doing crimes or whatever, just then you're a smart person, for example. Do you think about that? Yes, and uh, sadly, that's how it is, right? Mm. Uh, generally, the society. But then you need to have some people do the hard job, right? right. For example, when we were colonized, the word independence was a taboo. 
but until some people brave enough to come forward and because you have a lot of people working for the british and part of the government and then uh, they don't fight for the independence and then you have some people come together and then started to uh, demand for independence hence we got our independence 1957 no matter even if some people took credit for that but there's a larger group who fought and sacrificed Uh, to just to see the independence of the country and for the uh, generations to live in an independent state right so that's one example so throughout this kind of example always exists it, it's difficult to convince uh, people with that uh, mindset uh, but it always um, uh, for some people uh, even for the activists it is uh, our responsibility to create the second liner and third liner if you don't have there's no continuity then it's going to like uh, die off right uh, so that's important like uh, for swaram we have a, sc- a, s- a school of activism sas swaram activism school where we uh, uh, do classes on human rights and also uh, give some exposure to become an activist so so many young people interested and join every time we do this classes Uh, we'll have 20 to 30 people participate and we have a few levels and uh, and and for them uh, to make them understand there need to be some people who have some interest and then how to uh, build the support system for them so that when they go back to the family then the family don't say oh you you choose a wrong path and that's it your career ends you know uh, how mm. they use the family how they can redefine their family member to understand what is success is about what is uh, career is about what is uh, what what is the uh, 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 path of activism is like right uh, although there are some sacrifices but that's not the when you choose an activist path that's not end of the day that's not the end of road right, right. so you only will understand okay right okay now you are fighting for for example fighting for corruption nobody Uh, supporting corruption within the family member if you talk about the corruption they yeah for certain extent yeah i don't agree and uh, with the corruption and 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 some people become super rich and then they left the other the bottom people uh, so poor so when they agreeable with that then uh, they slowly will agree uh, if i come forward and uh, raise this issue together with my other groups uh, there's a big number of group people who we were together and fight we have a support system even if we got arrested there are lawyers who come forward famous lawyers for example will come forward to defend us and all that so that will give some confidence a certain level to the family members slowly to start with and this whole support system we slowly build uh, from 80s now uh, like for example you know tomorrow if the police call you for an investigation so many lawyers will come together pro bono to right. assist you So all this, when you talk to them, they probably there will be a change of uh, mind, and uh, they will slowly slowly start to support you. But what is the point here is with this uh, given uh, mindset of the society of um, career oriented person compared to choosing activism as a path, uh, we also consciously need to build the young activists. Otherwise, uh, the fight, like for example, you know the ISA, the voice mm-hmm. started. Uh, to to abolish ISA in 60s 70s and it grows uh, larger in 80s and then we managed to abolish this if we don't have that continuity probably ISA probably still there right so right. Uh, 
yeah, so that kind of thing, you still need the young people to come forward. So for that, you have to build them consciously. You cannot like uh, leave it just like that and somehow people will come, somehow people will choose this career. No, that, that's, that would be a, a wrong way to understand. So it's both way. But when you wanted to attract young people, uh, in the early stage, they need they, they also have all these questions that you asked me, right? So if you have some kind of understanding, some kind of a support system, they feel confident and then they will start to like uh, become a, a activist uh, slowly and choose activism as their career. Seven, tell me what are some of the biggest challenges of being an activist in Malaysia? And on that same note, what is the biggest joy of being an activist in Malaysia? I always like to compare Malaysia, not with the developed country, but uh, in terms of where we wanted to move uh, where we want to, uh, what is our target? We always right. use the developed nations uh, with the best, with a good uh, human rights record. But to to make understand and to to um, talk about challenges within the Malaysian Malaysian or Malaysian uh, context, I always take an example of other countries uh, like uh, Cambodia, Laos, or or Myanmar or Sri Lanka. Uh, in that context, uh, the human rights uh, activism in Malaysia is a bit better uh, comparatively. Uh, right. And I give some example because um, uh, after the abolition of ISA, uh, the the police still use sedition to, to uh, arrest or investigate uh, human rights defenders. But then... Um, we have so many, uh, uh, during the ISC, we have a record of uh, how uh, they were tortured in the custody and all that. This part, with the abolishment of ISA and also with uh, some uh, similar laws in place, uh, the the challenge or the, the errors and the torture on the human rights defenders have uh, reduced a lot. In terms of uh, activists, there's some recognition among the police, uh, among the government, and then Sometimes it's top order. If like say we have a, a protest plan and then uh, the police will be harder because of top order. But in general, uh, there's some recognition and some uh, space given uh, for the activists and also human rights defenders in Malaysia. So uh, the biggest challenge was this uh, draconian law and also top down uh, orders, right? right. As the police, when you communicate with the police, why you have, why are you stopping uh, the march, you know, arahan atas, you know, top order. So that's the political elite. So the involvement and uh, the interference of the political elites. Uh, uh, the other challenge is, uh, again, uh, not many people choose activism as the career. Although you have the young people come and join, it's not uh, big enough. So that's the second challenge. The third one is to understand uh, and fight back the government's propaganda is always a huge challenge when the right. government always keep using all this uh, human rights is the Western agenda and all that. It's 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 totally untrue. Uh, human rights is fundamental rights, right? It's it's mm-hmm. cut across whether you are Western or Eastern, North, South. It's a cut across. It's a universal thing. So we wanted to put back that to the people to make them understand because of so long the the the, the propaganda and people start to some people start to I mean generally people believe that oh street protest is not our culture and all that which is not true. Uh, all the political party have done this, but it's just that they are uh, contradicting themselves or they are simply uh, you know uh, for political reasons. 
they use this as a propaganda. So this is another uh, big challenge when you wanted to uh, counter narrate all this uh, propaganda and put forward uh, the understanding of a fundamental rights and why people need to fight for their rights and uh, and, and on all this. So these are the some challenges that uh, we came across in Malaysia. But the biggest joy is some of the achievement. Abolish ISA, uh, mm. we came close to Abolish Sedition Act. Look at the Public Assembly Act now. We used to have a total no for a peaceful assembly. There will be end up with many errors. In fact, uh, two or two of my errors for organizing or participating in the public as, uh, peaceful assembly. But now, uh, you can't arrest anyone for uh, organizing or participate in a public assembly. So that's right. the good side of it, where you have to fight. It's a long fight, but now you see the the space was given. All right, Seven. Before we wrap this conversation up, I just want to have one more question for you. What does it feel like um, waking up every day um, knowing that you're doing something that you love, um, in this case, activism? Uh, yeah, that's the greatest feeling you have, you know, end of the day. <laughs> there are a lot of people look high on you. It's also your passion. Uh, no, not many people. Uh, so this is the interesting part, right? Uh, even many people have chosen uh, corporate as their career and all that. When you talk to them, not many people are really uh, passionate about it, but because right. of the salary and all that. And then uh, when you, you know, sometimes you go out and drink with the people and then they start to pour out to you, you know, how hard <laughs> it is, their life, and then this is not what I want. This is mm. not what I studied for. Uh, my passion is different, but because I'm uh, kind of uh, confined or trapped in this uh, cycle, so end of the day, I have to uh, do this job, you know, to, to for the inmates, the family and all that. So here is different. I feel like so, um, like I'm doing something that I'm really passionate about. Uh, although um, in the, this passion of activism came uh, after my university or during my university and after that, uh, but from child i have had a different uh, passion uh, like for example i wanted to get involved in the movie industry but right. here, um, you have that uh, you feel you satisfied right right end of the day when people like uh, look high and people thank you for doing all this people recognize you and uh, like for example uh, even when you talk about uh, you wanted to compare with the uh, corporate uh, sometimes the higher achievement you've become uh, part of the board or managing director or MD or, or, or become a board of director. Even in, in, in this, uh, like for example, uh, after uh, five, six years in, in Soram as an ED, uh, now I'm the vice chair of the Forum Asia. It's a regional organization, regional uh, human rights organization. And you also had the opportunity to uh, to start a new uh, coalition, uh, right. an alliance against torture. So I'm one of the founding members and also at the expo we also started the asia classroom uh, which is ongoing now and i'm also uh, selected uh, on the international organization against torture omct uh, to the board uh, i have also spoke at the uh, united nations human rights council a few times so all this is like you know you you achieve a certain level or this is can be defined as some success but you do with your passion with your love for what you are doing so right. yeah <laughs> I think that's fantastic and on that note thank you so much for joining me today Seven 
Thank you very much, Dashran. Thank you very much. That was Seven Dore Sami. He's the executive director of Swaram. If you missed any part of our conversation, you can also check us out on podcasts. We're available on the BFM app, bfm.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Dashran Johan, and this has been Redefining Success, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.